Good afternoon. I'm thankful for the felt presence of the Lord thus far. And we trust that that will continue. Please be in prayer for me. Be in prayer for Brother Larry to follow. Um, that the name of the Lord would be glorified. I trust that he has in our beautiful singing of this, this going on today. And we trust that will continue. Um, I will try to be mindful of uh, the fact this is an afternoon service and um, <clears throat> be relatively um, concise if I, uh, with my thoughts, but please, again, please pray for me. We're going to be uh, in, as a point of beginnings, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16 of Thess- uh, 2 Thessalonians, rather, chapter 3. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always. By all means, the Lord be with you all. We want to speak on the Lord of peace. Lord of peace. The word Lord means ruler, master. It's one of the most common titles of the Savior in God's word. Throughout uh, the scriptures... He's referred to as the Lord of many things. The Lord of the harvest. The Lord of glory. The Lord of the dead and living. The Lord of all. Lord of lords. Here it says, now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always. Where true peace is in this world is where the Lord is reigning. Where he's the ruler, where he's the master. I want to just look at that in just a few different contexts this morning. I mean, this afternoon, I got my my, uh, um, times mixed up there for a moment. The Lord of peace. Of course, the most basic way in which the Lord grants peace is through the glorious message of his gospel. That's why we're all here today, I trust, to um, enjoy the blessings of the gospel and worship our worthy Lord. There's a song that we sing sometimes that... uh, Hail sovereign love that first began the scheme to rescue fallen man. And there's a verse in there that uh, describes the conviction and the weight of sin of one that's been touched by the sovereign grace of God. One whose heart has been changed by the life-giving voice of the Savior. Has been drawn irresistibly to Him, him, that being the Lord. And um, it describes um, it says indignant justice stood in view to Sinai's fiery mount I flew but justice cried with frowning face this mountain is no hiding face what that's describing is somebody with the conviction of his sins is trying to bring about peace by their works by serving God, what they can do to be accepted with God, much like the Israelites of old, 
uh, in Jesus in the Gospel eight in the New Testament day. Many of them who were zealous of God, had a heart touched by God, didn't embrace the gospel because they couldn't see past their traditions. They couldn't see past them going about to establish their own righteousness, what they could do to be accepted with God and look to Jesus Christ as the one who paid the price for sin. That it's not about their righteousness, anything they could do for God or to keep God's law because we can't but the one that kept the law on our behalf. And that righteousness was imputed to us. Amen. So, when we have some, when you, uh, when somebody going about trying to see how they can have peace, the only answer, as we know, is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Faith justifies. Faith justifies. We're here, it says, we're being just, we've been justified by faith. Now, we know that when it comes to the eternal justification of sinners before God, our faith has no part in that whatsoever. That was by one thing and one thing alone. That is, God the Father saw the bruised Christ, one that suffered the wrath for us, for all of God's elect, and was satisfied. Again, like I said, um, His keeping of the law, His sinless life imputed to us. That's what we have to hope in. But faith, which we have, it's a fruit of the, part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's something, of course, that we have because we're born of the Spirit. So as we know, it's an evidence of eternal life. And it, we're justified by faith. <clears throat> Not before God, but of course we're justified in our own mind and hearts. We, <clears throat> as far as the understanding of that fact. That Jesus Christ justified us before God. Our faith in that truth, our embracing of that truth, um, allows us in our mind to have, here it says what? What's the result? By faith we we believe in the finished work of the Savior, we have peace with God. That's not the peace that makes our sins being put away a reality. That's the peace that comes with the understanding of that fact. That's what the true gospel does for the child of God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access, by faith, I love this part, into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Faith is anything that makes... Our, our eternal salvation a reality. But here it says we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. You know, we talked this morning about sal- praying for salvation. Um, we talked about being saved by keeping in memory God's word. <clears throat> As we know, that is not a reality for all of God's children. 
sadly. The Bible, as taken as a whole, seems to indicate that it'll be a minority of God's children. Such is the temptations of this world, the deceptions of our adversaries. But we also know that if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. I'm thankful that our peace with God in the sense of our sin being put away has nothing to do with us. But I'm thankful for the God, for um, the gospel that procl- that proclaims the message that it is finished. Amen. It is finished, like the prophet Isaiah of old <clears throat> that uh, wrote to speak to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished and her iniquity is pardoned that she have received of the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. You know, there's a lot of children of God in this world who go about life and they go about their religious service, their Christian walk, without the full benefit of that peace. Because their theology is always making them wonder whether they've really prayed hard enough, whether they've really had a true experience of faith. Sad, isn't it? My friends... If you're here this morning and you see yourself as a sinner, that in and of itself is evidence, and all the evidence you need, that you're a child of God. And we're here this morning to proclaim about a Savior who came and did what we couldn't do for ourselves, who paid our sin debt in full, who the Lord... God the Father in heaven looked upon him in his agony and was satisfied with that. There's nothing else to add to it. And to do so is to frustrate the grace of God as the Apostle Paul writes to us. There's a peace in that. We're going to go real brief to the book of Isaiah. 52. Verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet... Of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, publisheth peace that bringeth good, ti- uh, good tidings of good, and publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. The message of peace is that our sin debt is paid for. It's also that thy God reigneth. Amen. Remember we talked about the Lord of peace, the master, the ruler, the sovereign. You know, the Lord is sovereign over all, as we talked about briefly, uh, just a little bit this morning. He's the Lord of all men in some way. He's the Lord of all mankind by right of creation because He's in charge of all of His creation. Not only that, there's going to be one, there's going to be a day coming that no matter whether somebody hates God or whether they're a child of God, that they're going to be made to bow the knee and confess Him that He's Lord. He's the, not in the way of, um, from a, in every case, a, uh, a changed heart, but from facing divine justice one day. And, of course, he's the Lord of his people by right of redemption. We're not our own, are we? We're uh, bought with a price, Paul told the Corinthians. And as such, <clears throat> he requires that we submit to his lordship over our life. 
as, I, as we touched on before, of course, it's not a reality for all of God's children. It's, but it's still our responsibility. You know, we've got a lot of people in this world who are, going about, who are going about very unhappy, aren't they? Very unhappy. A lot of that is probably, um, there's a lot of reasons for that. But the most basic reason for that is we've got less and less people in our society that see Jesus as Lord over their life. Why do they have peace? Why do they have turmoil? Why are they so mad all the time and those sort of things? It's because we've got less people who see Jesus, acknowledge Jesus as the Lord of their life. And when that's the, and when that's the case, then certainly you're not going to have peace. For the child of God, you can never have peace outside of an intimate walk with Jesus Christ. For those that aren't gods, they'll be just happy like a pig in mud, like going in the ways of the world, but not for the child of God. So not only um, do we need to acknowledge the Lord as our only hope for the salvation of our souls and the peace that that gives us, the ongoing discipleship, being delivered, like David prayed from the 56th Psalm we referenced earlier, to keep him from falling and to walk in the light of God. Because going away from the Lord, the child of God will never have peace. They might think that they are happy. They might be deceived into thinking they're enjoying themselves. But inwardly, they're going to be miserable. And ultimately, they're going to bring about their own destruction. You know, another place, of course, where we uh, need... To see the Lord reigning is within households, marriages. You, I'm not, you know, uh, not telling you anything you don't know, but that's a big reason why America, the world is in the shape it's in. Is our adversary has attacked the family, attacked the institution of marriage, and. <clears throat> The secret for a godly household and a godly marriage is simply Jesus needs to be here above everything else. If Jesus is not acknowledged as Lord, as the master, the ruler, and what everything else is ordered according to his word and teaching, then there's not going to be peace. There's not going to be peace there. There's going to be confusion. There's going to be dissension, division. Potentially lots of chaos. You know, the problem with a lot of households is it's all about self-gratification. The Lord's not up here as the the master, the ruler, the authority. You've got one person, one spouse, um, what they're serving is their success in their career. Or what they're serving is gratification out of their hobby. Or, um, or maybe every whim and desire of what the children want to do has been elevated as the uh, master or what dictates the things that go on. And that, my friends, is a recipe 
for disaster. Uh, there was a man I was talking to one time that um, he was going through a, his uh, problems in his marriage. In fact, his wife had left him, and he shared with me that after this had taken place, she had gave him a list. Throughout 20 years of marriage, of all the major things that he had done to her, <laughs> that she hadn't forgot, and that and that she is just was apparently just holding on to right and brooding over. And I was like, well, that is a way to really, you know, uh, serve revenge cold. Of 20 years making a list, you know, and just holding on to these little things. I'm like, I think we see a big problem here. We've got somebody who's put self <laughs> right as the master and ruler. You might say, well, my husband, my wife, they've mistreated me. They've insulted me. You know, the Bible teaches to forgive them. Even if they aren't acting in a way that you think deserves forgiveness, because it's not about that. It's about serving God. It's about putting His Word into practice for Christ's sakes. It's not about what they have or hadn't done, it's about you. And letting peace reign in your heart rather than bitterness. And when you've got, you know, both individuals with that mindset and practicing that, then you've got one that acknowledges the Lord as master, as the authority, and there's, that's a place where peace is going to prosper. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 14, 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. In the kingdom of God, you know, the Lord reigns over His kingdom in this world. And where there's confusion and where there's division, make no mistake, that's the mark of Satan and not the Lord. Where he reigns, there's peace. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. But we know, of course, that that's not always the case, right? Because we're human beings. And our frailties sometimes come with things like ego and pride, wanting to get our way. The Lord, part of being in the kingdom of God is sometimes you've got to realize the Lord commands us to to take a back seat, what we want to take a back seat to the good of the body. You know, when you've got somebody who doesn't get their way, right, and that becomes an avenue by which, you know, dissension spreads and division comes about, we've got somebody who's elevated self. <laughs> self. Above what's best for the people of God. I had a... Uh, a lady one time in, in my ministry that somebody said something to her insulter and we didn't see her for a year and a half. And then we saw her one time after that and we hadn't seen her since. <laughs> in some ways that's a blessing though, right? Because the, the, what could happen, right, is that could be a springboard for gossip, backbiting, and all sorts of, of uh problems, right? So in some, that's not good, but in some ways it could be worse, right? <clears throat> but when you got somebody who's insulted like that and be like, well, I'm going to show them, right? 
And we, you have the seeds, right? Discord. Dissension. The house of God. And then finally, I want to talk to you about a time in which all that we'll ever know is peace. As I said before, this board, this, this world is sin-cursed and wicked. And there's tragedies on every end. Not because of God, but because sin entered the world and death by sin. But there's coming a day in which all that the people of God will experience is peace forevermore. There'll be no sorrow, no pain, no tragedies, no car accidents, people diagnosed with cancer, no COVID, so on and so forth. It'll be a thing of the past. The Lord, the master of this universe, is in charge and he's holding it all in the grasp of just a word. <laughs> he could speak this universe out of existence and will, the Bible teaches us, one day, just like he spoke it into existence. And he's going to take all his people home into a place where there's going to be nothing but peace because Jesus will be the master because there'll be no sin. There'll be no fleshly, no flesh, no, <clears throat> no, no, um, influence of wickedness to turn his people aside from following him but he'll be the only object of our affections forever and um and my friends that will happen when the lord comes the second time about these there's people that have a lot of different views on this idea of the millennium what i mean is that so-called thousand year reign uh during the binding of satan from the book of revelation you know, some think that there's going to be a period in which the world becomes so Christianized and the gospel becomes so prevalent worldwide that it becomes a sort of utopia, right, upon earth in which um, the Lord is reigning in that way. And of all the views, you know, I some ways wish that was true. Doesn't that sound great? Right? That sounds great. The problem is the Bible doesn't back that up. Not even close. But I, I wish that was true. That sounds very good. The Bible doesn't teach that though. And then there's other people, of course, that believe the Lord is actually going to come back. Jesus Christ. And reign from an earthly city. And the world would be better off if that was true. As well. But the Bible doesn't teach that either. So his disciples were slow learners. Like right before he is ascending back on high, they come into him and say, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Right, they still hadn't got those old Jewish ideas out of their head, right? That he was going to be the deliverer of the Romans. That he was going to be this you know, messianic figure in the sense military, civil. So that's not going to happen either. The Lord reigns over the kingdom of God here on earth. He reigns over all this universe. But he didn't come to earth... That fifth set up a physical kingdom and he won't the second time. It's to deliver up the kingdom to God, the kingdom of all his children, to be ushered in to this place of peace. Where the Lord rules, where the Lord acknowledges master, is where in this world you can find peace. Maybe you're here this morning and... Uh, or this afternoon, 
Maybe all that food got to me. I keep calling this afternoon, this morning. Maybe you're here and you um, are searching for answers about in your life or a place of peace. And you're confused. Maybe you're young or maybe you're coming from a place to where you had various ideas put in your head. If you see yourself as a sinner, you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. My friends, the message is Jesus has finished the work. You don't have to let anybody, any preacher try to convince you that there's anything else. You're redeemed and hell-proof, if you will. And if you want to publicly come and acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life in the way of discipleship, then that door will be open when we get to the end of the service. If you want to right now, that's fine too, Brother Tim, right? I'm sure the church will wait upon you. Where Jesus reigns, where the... Whereas he's acknowledged as master, that's in the place in this world where there's peace. Whether it be in our hearts, whether it be in our churches, whether it be in our household, and ultimately one day it's going to be a place we're all going to go. The Lord's not going to lose one that he intends to get there. But while we're here in this world, to have peace, we've got to serve the master. May the Lord bless you.